We're on our way back to Ohio from our Florida justice ride, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are created equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And if it sounds kind of funny to you, we are on the bus, as Lexi said. So we're on a bus full of students heading back to Ohio, like Lexi said. From the justice ride, it's been a really big week. And I think, Lexi, we should just start by asking the justice riders what they thought. Yeah? yeah. So what do the justice riders think about this trip? I don't know if it sounds loud to you, but it sounds loud in my headphones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got a good um, trip. We have, well, and we only have half of the Justice right. Riders with us. So uh, just imagine that times two, um, and that's what they think about the Justice Ride. Uh, we are, I don't know, a few hours away from home now. You know, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. We got like There's an itinerary for that, hours? but yeah, Yes, right. we don't really know. The time has been lost upon us. But we have a few Justice Riders to share their experience of what it was like this week and the impact that the ride has had on them. Um, and so we want to hear from them right now. Yeah, and bear with us because we're passing a microphone to these students on the bus. So again, this could be interesting. Just bear with us, please. Very raw, very uh, probably noisy in the background. Yes. Sorry about that, Sorry. But Ethan is our first rider that we want to talk to. Ethan, how old are you? And tell him if this is your first ride or not. Yeah, so my name is Ethan Rambeck. I am 18 years old and this is my first justice ride. Awesome. And where are you hailing from, Ethan? I hail from Cedarville, Ohio. There it is. Nice. All right, Ethan, what was your experience on the justice ride? Uh, it was absolutely amazing. The justice ride has taken abortion from something that I acknowledged was wrong in my head and I was against and has made it my personal fight and my personal war to wage. And I really, really appreciate that. Nice. Thank you hey, so man, that's much, awesome. Ian. Yes. All right. Now we have uh, next up, Violet. Violet was actually a summer intern with us last summer. Um, and so, Violet, share with them where are you from and what was your experience like on this year's Justice Ride? Yeah, so my name is Violet Hubbard. Um, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And my uh, experience on this Justice Ride was amazing. I really uh, developed a lot of sympathy for the mothers and really um, started feeling for the babies a lot more this year. Um, so I thought that was really great. That's nice. powerful. Okay, Gabriel's our third and, well, not final, third one for right now, final one for now, um, <laughs> Justice Rider. Tell them, Gabriel, where are you from and how many Justice Rides have you been on? And then also following that up, what was your experience this year? Yeah, my name is Gabriel Warren. I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is my third Justice Ride. Um, I'm 18. Um, and it's just been amazing. I've always known abortion is wrong, but something like the Justice Ride, something about, like, talking to actual people and having conversations just gives you a passion for defending the unborn like nothing else. Nice. That's awesome. I think you can, anyone listening you might have picked up a little bit of Fort Wayne power there, Fort Wayne, Indiana, right? We've got it strong here, but we have people from all across the country. We have some from Colorado. I don't even know where else, Lexi, but we have a lot of justice writers from all around. Washington. Um, Washington, yeah, East Coast, West Coast. I guess Colorado's not, not East Coast, but we have someone from the East, uh, East <laughs> too. So we have quite a variety here all coming together for this purpose of being trained in how to recharge change minds and then going to college campuses throughout Florida. We went to college campuses, went to uh, abortion facilities, went to high schools to um, help mothers and fathers considering abortion and also reach hearts, change minds, talking um, to save babies even while abortion remains legal. Yep, and so we did a lot of different outreaches this week. Um, it was a week 
packed full of um, running around to different cities in um, Florida and then also going to high schools, abortion facilities, outside college campuses or on college campuses rather. Um, and so, like I said, we had those three justice writers that we wanted to hear from really briefly, but for the rest of the podcast, we have another justice writer. Um, her name is Mary and she is actually a first time writer. Um, so Mary, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, absolutely. It's really nice to be here. So Mary, so how did you hear about the justice ride? Like, how did you get here? So I got here because I was actually sitting next to one of my friends, Josie, in study hall. And I looked over her shoulder and saw her signing up for it. And so I decided to also sign up for the justice oh, nice. ride. So. And it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise. Here I am. <laughs> nice. Well, that's a very unique way to uh, have joined. I feel like everybody kind of has a different story of how they heard about the justice ride, usually a roundabout way. But we're so grateful to have you on the justice ride. This first time me meeting you um, whenever you came on. But what was kind of your initial, like, what did you think the justice ride was going to be like? And did it live up to that expectation or was it completely different than what you were going into thinking about it? So I actually didn't come with any expectation, really. I was just kind of here to, to serve and do whatever I could to help you guys out. I wasn't really expecting for anything dramatic to happen. I was like, you know, I'm going to let the Lord use this however he wants to use this. I feel like I'm being led to go. And so whatever he wants to do with it, he's going to he's going to do with it. So I just kind of gave it to him. That's excellent. And so, Mary, kind of coming here uh, on the trip, you know, you didn't have many expectations, right? So when you first got into the group, even before outreach began, like meeting all these people, what was that like for you, all these other, other justice writers? The justice writers are very passionate, especially when you first meet them. They're very friendly, they're very outgoing, and they're they're all just very passionate. They know what they want, they know what they want to do. They're, they have a mission, they have a goal in mind, and they know why they want to achieve it. They're very focused, and they're very, I think the right word would be intentional. So before we get to any of your outreach experience, what that was like, just knowing that part, so you came here knowing, knowing Josie, your friend, that you saw signing up for this, and um, really no, not very many other people. What is it like now, these relationships, where these kind of friendships endure? Are you, gonna, are you glad to go home? Like, what are you thinking now, leaving the team? I mean, these are family relationships. These are people that we've already said, hey, like, when we get back to Ohio, do you guys maybe want to take a weekend and, like, go chill together and go outside of an abortion clinic and, like, just talk to some women and just continue to not only build our friendship but also, like, build our relationship through outreach. Okay, I, I just one more point on this before I let you uh -huh. throw it back to you, Lexi, sorry. No but anyone, anyone who's listening to this, that is so cool. So you have these high schoolers and college students coming together, having building friendships, but then their plan is like, let's hang out and go abort, go sidewalk council outside an abortion facility. Who does that, right? Yeah. That's the caliber of students coming on the justice ride. That's huge. Well, and even though like, yes, that is an amazing thing, but before the justice ride, most of these people would never even think to do that. So right. you don't have to be like some intense person who uh, knows exactly what to do to come on the justice ride. It's just normal um, high schoolers, normal college students who um, want to do something and then we can teach you how to do it so you don't have to be some fancy person who knows how to do everything. That's a really good point because when I talked talk to you, Mary, outside the abortion facility this week, you were telling me some other guy who had lived um, near you or in the same city, you were saying, we were talking about going outside and doing this at home too and you're exactly right, Lexi. It's not that they already came knowing how to do it, but they realized I can do this yeah. after doing it with us. Yeah. And so that's what you learned today, or learned this week, I guess, um, of actually how to do the outreach that you may have seen people doing or heard about people doing, um, but it's become more real to you so you can feel like you can 
you feel like right now you can go home and recreate that outreach. It's possible. Yeah, it becomes a part of, I think, your culture. Mm. I think everything that you do That's on awesome. a regular basis becomes a part of your culture. It becomes a part of your, your thoughts, how you think. Every time, every single time you approach somebody, now I approach them with a different intention. So, like, when you're talking to somebody, it's not only, oh, yeah, I like your hair, but it's like, I wonder how I can encourage this person or how I can lead them to truth. That's well said. Awesome. That's beautiful. So, going into the week, um, like, Sunday night, right, the Monday before we were going to be on um, the University of Florida's campus, what were you feeling going into that? Were you nervous to do outreach? Were you um, excited? What were your, your thoughts um, leading up to that day? Um, I wasn't nervous, nor was I excited. I've, I'm a very outgoing individual, just like in how I approach people. I'm not really nervous about it. You know, I think that what if you have truth, you know, in the words of, I believe, C.S. Lewis, if you have truth and you speak the truth, you do not have to defend it. The truth is like a lion. It will defend itself. So if I believe that I have truth and I am presenting that to somebody, no matter how much they deny it in their spirit, they cannot ultimately deny that. So I did not have really any reservations about it. You know, it took a minute to start like actually getting up there and being like, hey, what do you think about abortion? And like, you know, just actually trying to interact with the college students. But overall, I don't think it was it was too intimidating. It's like you expect it. You know that you're presenting truth and you know that when you present truth to somebody, you know the kind of force that comes back at you. So we said we took you onto campus Monday after you were trained. We stood you by signs, these signs showing babies killed by abortion said, just go, Mary. Now, all of our writers were assigned a buddy that could help them with this. So anyone listening, don't get too scared. We'll have a buddy for you if you come on the trip who will help you on the first day. But so you said you were not intimidated. But so what was it like that first time asking someone, walking by this stranger you don't know, what do you think about abortion? Showing them a picture of a baby killed by abortion. What was that experience like for you in your heart? Like, what were you feeling at the moment? I felt shocked. I felt shocked that nobody would stop and talk to me because if I seen something like that, I feel like you would at least want to stop and talk. But not many people really did want to stop and talk about it. And I, I felt shocked. And um, at first I felt kind of ashamed because I felt, you know, like, what if I am, you know, harming somebody by showing them these images or, like, hurting them? But I'm like, if, if you don't see it, you know, you don't connect with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so when did people stop, start stalking? Sorry. When did people start stopping? Does that make sense? Yeah. Start stopping to talk with you? Was it after a while or how did you get in the groove of that, actually getting people to chat with you? Um, when I started walking with them. So yeah. I'd be like, hey, what do you think about abortion? And they'd be like, well, I don't know. I'd be like, well, are you sure you don't know? And then they would kind of stop or be like, I just want to have an intellectual conversation with you. And then they would kind of stop and go, oh, they're not just out here to like yell at me. Like they, yeah. a lot of them did not, we weren't humans to them. So we had to humanize ourselves. And when I started learning how to humanize myself, they stopped and talked to me. So was there a big difference between um, day one and then compared to like midweek compared to uh, Friday in yeah. your mind? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like as it went on, you learned more of the responses. You learned their automatic responses and you also learned how to engage with people better. It actually, it was like a progression of like enhancing your social skills almost. Okay, so I want to um, jump into a specific story because I remember this, Mary, day one. So um, you came to me, I was back just watching doing security and stuff and you came and said, I just changed someone's mind or I, I was talking to them maybe they changed completely but they now they see they admitted the fetus as a person that was such a powerful phrase the way you said that that you had convinced them not that the fetus is human you convinced them the fetus was a person how did that go how did you get them there um that was kind of like a little complicated loop because I mean I was he was I think Jewish I believe he was Jewish but I was like so why don't you you know believe in this he's like well I don't know I just want to get lunch I just want to eat with my friends so like very much so 
let me be I just want to have my Uh day and I was like well you know this kid's never going to get to have its day it's never going to get to live breathe it's never going to get to have Mm -hmm. its first lunch it's never going to get to sit down and he was like well it's not a person I'm like well yes it is I was like don't you see that these are fingers these are toes I'm like and don't you believe that like a zygote and I talked about like the the law of biogenesis that you guys had like presented us with earlier and he was like well yeah that's kind of undeniable isn't it and I was like well yeah obviously like you know you can't have two people make a baby and then it come out as like a dog like that's not how that works so why would you think that just because it's in a different stage of development that it's any less of a person than you or you or I and he was like well yeah I, I guess so and you know he was like I guess the fetus you know is a human being it's just not fully developed and he was like yeah but they, he still denied that you know he, he basically still said abortion is right but he did get to that point where he's like yeah it's still a person and that's what's so cool I mean so there's this like conflict in his mind right so he may have not been willing to admit to you in person I agree abortion is murder it's wrong but he agreed that the person being, I'm sorry, the, the being being killed mm-hmm. is a person. And that's huge, right? So I think eventually he can't, you can't live in that middle ground. You've got to decide either way. So him seeing that the fetus is a person is going to, I think, have lasting change in his life. And for anyone listening who maybe thinks that biogenesis is not sure what that means, what Mary's referring to is biogenesis just means it's the principle that life does not come from non-life. Living beings create other living beings of the same species. So cats make cats, dogs make dogs, and humans make other humans. So what you said, Mary, is so true that when you have two humans, create another being that's another human as well. Did you talk to anybody who was pro-life that came up to you and said, I'm pro-life, thank you for um, what you're doing out here? Or did you have like any experiences like that? Yeah, absolutely. I had a, um, a few of those. One girl actually at the University of Florida, this was still on the first day, came up to me and said, thank you guys so much because I've been so discouraged because I'm the only person that believes in truth here. Wow. And I've never met anybody like-minded like me at this campus. And it's good to see you guys doing this. And I want to spread the word and tell people that you can be encouraged because there are other, other like-minded people out there and saying that she literally has never met another like-minded person at that campus. That's incredible and not in a good way, really, because no. um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of students on that campus and that's really saddening to hear. But what imagine like you're that person, Lexi or Mary, and you have suddenly this eighty students descend on your campus yeah. who hold your worldview and are trying to reach others, that would really be powerful. Yeah. And so that's actually what I was gonna say because I was wondering if you had any experiences like that. Because uh, the justice writers not only move people who are pro-abortion they also move people who are pro-life and don't need, don't know what to do with their pro-life convictions or they don't feel like they um, can be bold enough to stand up for uh, the babies in the womb and so what you did Mary this week was not only beneficial for those who were in support of abortion it was for those also who are against abortion and don't know really how to express their views or maybe they're too shy and timid and afraid um, but you showed no you can go out onto a college campus and get yelled at, get screamed at, get spat upon, um, and still stand firm in the truth. And I think that is something that's also so powerful that we shouldn't just gloss over. Did you expect that going in? Did you expect to talk to so many, or not really so many pro-life people, but the pro-life people that you did speak to? No, but I did think it was interesting because a few students, um, my friends surrounding me, and then also myself asked, hey, can you guys equip me? Mm. And so they would say, these are some arguments that I hear. And so then we would be able to say, here's how you can respond to that effectively. And so we were able to not, uh, equip actually pro-life students that were on wow. campus. That was I, really cool too. That's so powerful. I love that because what we do is is this one-two punch of the, the powerful imagery that connects to your heart immediately. And then all of the arguments that can make logical sense of what you're feeling in your heart, right? And so there are a lot of pro-lifers who feel this zeal, this conviction against abortion, but they don't have to answer those questions you just were talking about, Mary. So it's so cool that they could then interact with you and um, learn how they can better answer their peers. That's just really powerful, I think. Yeah.
So what was your favorite outreach or your favorite university that we were on this week? Um, and why? Oh, man. The Good University question. of South Florida. Was that the one we were on? Yeah, I we think it was um, midweek. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like, I don't know. It might have been like Thursday On Thursday. Or yeah, yep. Thursday, University of South Florida. That was my favorite because I got to talk to an atheist. Well, not even an atheist. I think it was like agnostic or something like that for about two hours. So that was interesting. And then I also got to like empower this man and be like, no, 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 you have a voice. And he felt very much so like empowered and realized how institutions and society are like currently degrading him and that he shouldn't be degraded by that. So I think that was definitely my favorite outreach. So the second guy was um, someone who was already pro-life or who was he the second one you just referenced? Um, the second one I talked to was like, yeah, I'm pro-life, but like, you know, I can't really say anything about it because I'm a man. And I said, no, no, no. I said, and we, I actually referenced uh, the nuclear family. I said, you know, Hitler, his entire goal was to dismantle the nuclear family and I was like do you know what that is like when a man's the head of the household and he was like yeah 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 I believe in that I said so why aren't you using your voice because there's nothing more powerful than a man with a voice and when you say something and you are true and firm to that and when you're a man with a backbone women do respect that because they have no choice but to respect that it's built into us you are a man and you have a voice and you should use that voice because all this is doing is degrading you just like we feel degraded you can feel degraded too and that's not okay and so being able to empower him was like a very huge thing and he was like well, yeah I feel like I'm gonna walk into biology class like a superman now and like just holding his head up high and he walked a little bit taller and I was like that is amazing to see that we can empower men like that I love that so the justice ride the ideal goal would be that we are uh, preparing you for battle to preparing you to go reach hearts change minds save babies and help parents right so we're trying to empower you for that and then you are doing that already on campuses too empowering and encouraging and motivating pro-life people and what you're saying Alexi, this is something we run into all the time, that abortion is killing children. We know that, and that's why abortion's wrong. But there are other things, are other problems created by that. And one of this is the pitting of the sexes against each other. Women say men have no say and push men away. Men kind of accept that and don't fulfill the duty they were given by God to defend women. And it just really destroys society, the family, like you said, Mary, from the inside out. Mm -hmm. But it's incredible that you can just talk to a random guy you've never met before and make him walk, make him walk away feeling something completely different and feeling emboldened to stand up for the truth um, and to live right um, in a correct way. Um, and so I think that really just a testimony of the power of the justice ride. It's not really like us. It's not the right. staff people who are leading it. It's really the Lord working through us and um, working in these students who have decided to take their entire spring break um, to join us for this week. It's been a long week. Mary, are you tired right now? Um, no, not really. Oh, good, <laughs> good for good you. Mary. That's great. I think you're the only one left who's not. Um, but it's a good tired. It's like this, like, I have to achieve yes. something, right? Kind oh, it's of feeling. a great, yes, yes, it's a great feeling. We've actually yeah. accomplished a lot this week. Right. Um, and it's incredible to look around a campus and see 80 other people who are standing with us, standing side by side in the same fight. Um, and so I'm glad you got to have this opportunity, Mary. And um, your work empowers others, not only on the college campuses that you speak to, um, um, the pro-life people that you speak to, but also here at Created Equal empowers us to continue the fight. So thank you so much for, for the work you did this week, Mary. Yeah, absolutely. And how is this going to change you, Mary? What's what's next? Is this going to influence your life in any way, do you think? Yes, because the conversations that I had with the college students were powerful, but what was more powerful was among my peers, the conversations that we had. And I mm. feel a desire to be more righteous and more holy and to chase after sanctification more and to also be bold. 
Amen. Because when you're bold, others are bold as well. Mm-hmm. What a charge to end on, Lexing. That should be our statement for all the justice writers. May this be not only a week in your life and everyone listening, uh, just uh, one podcast to listen to, right? But sure. may this actually motivate all of us to go forward, to pursue holiness, to pursue rescuing those being led away to slaughter, not because we're so great, because God has rescued us. We want to rescue them. Mm-hmm. That should be the charge to all of us. So for those listening, you heard Mary's story. You heard a brief snippet from other people. You can read more or hear more about the justice ride on our website, on our social media. We have stories on Instagram. Instagram, on Facebook, all about this. Just look us up there, Create Equal Org. But also one more call to action for everyone listening. We're now opening up applications for our Day of Action this summer. So you think this is cool what Mary did? You can come get a taste of it by coming to our Day of Action. You might think I'm not a college kid, not a high school kid. Doesn't matter. This is an event for families, for anyone of any age to come to Columbus, Ohio, to get the training Mary got and the outreach that she did as well. So come join us, Day of Action. Check us out there. But until then, please subscribe, leave us a review. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Debrief with us on Instagram or just go to createequal.org. Thank you for joining us, especially for this mini-series about the Justice Ride. Look forward to hearing, uh, actually for you, to hear us again soon, I hope, (laughs) right? Uh, Until then, take care. We are Created Equal, and this has been The Debrief. Nice job, Mary.